Coming up, my old friend Zach Lowe talking hoops next. This episode of the Bill Simmons podcast is presented by State Farm. If you ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened, your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Make this summer the best one yet. Invest in a Simply Safe home security system. I have one. I love it. It's a great way to protect your home when you're not there. Um, you need one, especially during the summer. You know what burglars know? People go away during the summer. That's what happens. So when you're away, you want to make sure your place is protected. You want to make sure that you potentially have little camera things you can watch on your phone to see what, what's happening at your house, at your front door, inside. You deserve some peace of mind. Get it today with Simply Safe. Right now, get 20% off any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com slash BS. There's no safe like Simply Safe. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, where I popped on the Off the Pike podcast with Brian Barrett right after the Celtics Thunder game. And we did our little uh, little instant reaction podcast. Really fun. We're going to start putting that stuff on my YouTube channel too, youtube.com slash Bill Simmons. And if you're a Boston sports fan, I know I've talked about the Off the Pike pod, but I think Brian does an unbelievable job breaking down the Pats, the Red Sox, Celtics, little Bruins. Um, but please check that podcast out. We also put up a new rewatchables on Monday night. We did searching for Bobby Fisher. It was me and Van Lathan and Charles Holmes. First time the three of us had been together doing a rewatchables. Had a great time. One other thing I wanted to mention on the Ringer Reality TV podcast that uh, last week, and I forgot to promote it, but it's really good. We did a little three-part mini podcast called An American Scandaval about the uh, Scandaval scandal last year on, um, what is it, Vanderpump Rules? That's it. It's, it's a hole for me. I never got into the Vanderpump Rules. All the, all the awful, trashy TV I've watched in my life and somehow never watched that, but people love this story. And Jody Walker dove into it with a little three-parter. So if you care about Scandaval at all, I would implore you to check it out. It's on the Ringer Reality TV podcast. Coming up on this podcast, me and Zach Lowe, we're doing a home and home. I'm going on his podcast next week or the week after. He's on mine right now. We're going to do an old gimmick of ours from the Grantland days. The League Pass Rankings is next. First, our friends from Project. All right, taping this, it is a little after 9.15 a.m. Pacific time. ESPN TV personality, Zach Lowe is here. I just thought, wow. if you've been introduced that way, you're like a TV personality now. I turn on you, TV and you're just sitting at, a, sitting at a desk with people talking about stuff. You know, you will be happy to know that on a recent flight somewhere, I wore the Grantland hoodie. And yeah. it's, been, it's been almost nine years since Grantland closed. 
And a guy just came up to me. I don't even think he, I don't think he knew necessarily who I was. He just said, Hey, love that hoodie. Really miss mm. that site. And I was like, man, that's so nice to hear. I don't hear, I don't, as the years go by, I don't hear about it much, but I, you can introduce me however you want. There's going to be a, a, a circle back where people will be like, wait a second. Man, that site was up to some cool stuff. They did a lot of things. I was thinking it's our 10 year anniversary coming up of when we did the, um, the celebrity all-star game. Oh my God. Is when it we, really? We, yeah. It was in New Orleans. I remember that. 2014, February. Um, I wasn't, in retrospect, I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to be sitting next to a supermodel and Snoop Dogg on the bench. I just wasn't ready for the <laughs> national WNBA scrutiny. players, Kevin Hart. <laughs> I just wasn't, like, I met Michael B. Jordan and I was too intimidated. I, I would be a little more comfortable now. I still have a lot of regrets and still think about things I could have done differently in that game. We lost down the stretch, but it was super fun. You were my, I was 2008 Doc. You were my Tibbs. Just trying, you had a clipboard, just trying to, we, we were both wearing suits, trying to look professional. Honestly, I just wanted to get through the game. As soon as the supermodel, and I, I'm sorry, I forget her name. I don't really follow the supermodeling industry. She's enormously yeah. famous. Obviously. As soon as she sat down on the bench and started talking to me, because I think she could sense schedule uncomfortable and would be nice yeah. to him. I was like, the TV cameras are going to pan to this. It's just the disparity <laughs> in attractiveness is going to become a thing. Like, it's, I just want the game to be over. So you've been doing more TV stuff now. We're going to do, by the way, we're doing league pass rankings in a second. Oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to have some fun. We're going to hit all 30 reason, teams. I always, when I start my podcast, I always dive right into it. But somehow you have a tendency, whoever you're with, it's like seven minutes of bullshit at the top. It just, I like, can't help myself because we haven't talked in a while. Um, you're doing more TV stuff. As I famously used to call you Spock when we worked together at Grantland because you just try to, you know, try to be unemotional and analytical. But TV is the land of hot takes and proclamations and semi-crazy thoughts. And you're sitting there next to Perk. And we both love Perk. Perk will occasionally just say something nuts or he'll say they should trade him and but not think of who should be in the trade. And I can just see your head like I can see your brain just turning into tapioca a couple times a week. No, it's not. It's actually it's. um. So this this that bl blew up, but this this was thrown into most stark relief when Perk decided one day, I'm just going to say the Warriors should trade Clay Thompson. He said, <laughs> he said it before the show. He's like, so I'm going to say. And I said, that's cool, but like, for who? I mean, because Perk's whole thing was Clay Thompson's washed up. He's playing horrible. Look yeah. at these numbers. They should trade him. And I said, well, I, Perk, like, if we're going to say that, we should say for who? And so what I've learned is that's considered good television. Like if I, if I, if I, in my Spock, if I Just use the Spock instincts to be like, so let's bring this thing back to reality. Yeah. And you can be kind of emotionally unemotional. And then that becomes a good, and we had a good, and Perk is totally cool with like, you want to push back at me and say that I haven't thought this notion all the way through, like, go ahead, let's do it. So like there's, there's a, it is a different world, though. It is. It's. It's a lot of Lakers. It's a lot of Lakers. Oh my God. Well, they and everybody falls. I remember when I was doing it. You fall into whatever your persona is on the show, right? You're like well sourced reality check guy. That's yeah, kind of like, how. That's your lane, and it's going to come back to you, and you're going to be the more grounded one who's like, I've put some thought into this, but then other people will go on and be like. I'm throwing the chainsaw into the hot tub guy. I'm just going to say some <laughs> stuff and uh, I'm going to call people out. And that's my job on the show. And that's everybody has a job. 
Yeah, we had the but we talked about the Bucks yesterday because the Bucks lost to the Pacers again. They're playing again tonight. I mean, they're just like there's so many Bucks Pacers games. So they lost again. It was the first game after ball game gate. Um, yeah, which which inspired Perk and I to have a mock trial on television, like with mm. with deuses, di- deuses, and everything. And the the segment was essentially all right. The Bucks lost. Are the are we? How worried are we about the Bucks? What's the Bucks like anxiety level? I'm like, and then they come to me, and I'm like. I don't know. They're twenty four and nine. Like they're yeah. eleven and three in their last fourteen games. I I get that they're probably not as good as Boston so far, but like worry level. Like and then Dame had a bad game. Like oh Dame's three point shooting. I'm like he's shooting about the same as he has for his career. Yeah, just sometimes you just gotta be that guy. Anyway, let's do league pass rankings. There was some tough, tough Halliburton just flying by Dame stuff in that game. Now everybody flies by everybody in the league now, and that's gonna be factoring into our league pass rankings, but. Sometimes I wonder, does defense, does it even really matter anymore? Like the Knicks get OG and Anobi, that mattered because there's what, five, six guys in the league who can guard everyone from Jason Tatum to Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Like they, they, there's only a couple Swiss Army Knife D guys. But like, I think Derek White's an incredible defensive player. You can still go by him because anybody can go by anybody with the way the game is called now. I thought Steve Kirby, he, got, he took shit for, there was some sour grape stuff with, what he said, especially Jokic, who's certainly not a fishing for calls type guy. But at the same time, I do think about that when I watch these games. How are you supposed to defend? What what well, are what are the where are the rules now, especially in the regular season? I don't understand it. I still think it's you can't win the championship with a bad defense. Like it's all relative, right? Like if defense yeah. is harder in the NBA, there are still teams who are better at it than other teams. And more of those teams will get further in the playoffs. So like Derek White gets burned, let's say, right? So Derek White gets burned. Think of the Celtics options in that moment compared to uh, name another team, you know, the Blazers options when Anthony Simons gets burned. Option one is Derek White's just awesome. And he might block your shot from behind. Option yeah. two is Drew Holiday might diagonally switch from the three-point arc and Derek White might read that and diagonally switch the other way and like, you're all cool. Option yeah. three is Kristaps Porzingis is guarding your crappy wing who can't shoot and he's just going to destroy you. At They're like, did they have better built-in options on totally. the back of What was your favorite Steve Kerr before, let's, uh, before the rankings? Did you enjoy the Steve Kerr defense um, rant more or the Steve Kerr uh, is, this a, is this a techno music club or a basketball game? rant about the Phoenix arena music. Which one of those did you enjoy more? <laughs> I like that one. And listen, we don't know how many more years Greg Popovich has left. I think Steve Kerr is starting to see an opening for him as like the random unexpected rant guy. Cause we need, there has to be a coach, right? Stan Van Gundy was in there for a while. He would do him. Um, Doc would do it occasionally, but I think Steve Kerr sees a window now and the every once the- in a while. The keeper of basketball's soul and values. That's that's what he is. You know, that's soul values be. and zags. Just be yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna zag this way. You're not expecting it. I thought I did a podcast with Brian Barrett on our Boston pod last night. But one of the things I talked about on that, with the, talking about the defense, I went into that OKC game last night. Now we're delaying the league rankings even longer, and I was like, if the Celtics are really serious about winning a title, we're gonna see Tatum on Shea at some point in this game. Maybe in the second half. If that, this will be the next step, not just for the team, but for Jason Tatum, because Jason Tatum a year ago, two years ago, is looking at this game like Shea's one of the best players in the league. I'm one of the best players in the league. We're going to go mano a mano on both ends as, as this game gets to the end. But actually, that's not what's best for the Celtics because 
to defend a guy like Shea, the ideal guy is somebody taller who can move with him, like like Tatum. It's not Jalen Brown. It's not really White or Holiday as much. It's actually Tatum. And that's one of the ways to unlock the Celtics team is can Tatum kind of give up a little of the offense in some of these big games if they're playing, let's say, Dame Lillard. Let's say Jalen Brunson in round two. Let's say Shea in the finals or Devin Booker. Are they going to use him that way? And they did. Did you see what happened the last six, seven minutes? They put him on Shea. I felt like I was like a baby all grown up kind of moment for me watching it. Yeah, they got down 18, I think, yeah. at some point in the fourth quarter and rallied to make it a real, real game at the end. And yeah, the last six, seven minutes, mostly it was Tatum on him. Holiday was on the bench. Peyton Pritchard was playing over Holiday. And I did, I did notice that. I did take note of it. And I did just sort of bookmark it in my head. It's like, okay, that's interesting. I wonder if he asked for that. I don't know if I didn't read the postgame comments, if they talked like Missoula, that was just say. his idea or anything like yeah. that. But I, I found it interesting. League pass rankings. I mentioned OKC in Boston, who are going to be very high on these. So what year was it? 2012, we came up with, and Grantland, we came up with heading into the year, one of the NBA previews. I think it was the first year we, we were working together. It was like, all right, Let's try to rank these teams from one to 30, but we're not even just doing it totally arbitrarily. We're going to have categories. So we, we exchange all these emails. What should the categories be? And one of the ones you really cared about was the court. And that just, was just when I was like, Zach Lowe's super weird. I love this guy because he really cares about the environment court. of the game, the court, <laughs> the uniforms, the announcers, like there are some the good court design. Some you bad cared announcers. about court design. I do. I mean, look, and I felt like I kind of had my moment this year when the in-season tournament courts came it and was. all of a sudden everyone was an expert and everyone cared. I'm like, yeah, these are interesting. And that was funny because initially people were like, I hate the courts, but people begrudgingly kind of came around on the courts. because it did. It did feel different. It was, it was good. But yeah, that was a big moment for you. So it, it's stuff like, for League Pass, it's stuff like announcers, which we don't have to get into on this, um, style of play. What is there a, a go-to player on the team we absolutely love watching? Like, what are the stakes, et cetera, et cetera? And one of the highlights about- is there is there a guy that you just know any moment, even if he's not that great of a player, can just uncork a monster dunk, that kind of thing? Right. So that when we started this, it was the kind of peak of Lob City. So even though the Clippers weren't the best team in the league, Blake at that point was must see TV night after night because you just never knew when he was going to take somebody's soul on a dunk. And there hadn't been a guy like that in a long time in the league. So as we go through this, what's interesting about league pass rankings in 2023-24, there's so many good offensive teams now. This is such a crazy offensive league. I actually had a hard time winnowing it down. What we're going to do, we're going to go back. We're going to do this draft style. We'll just alternate and we'll keep track and then we'll try to figure out who had the best team. Maybe we do like seven each of teams we like, and then we'll go flip side the three the three we don't like. And then we'll just put teams in the middle that we won't even acknowledge. Maybe like <laughs> Atlanta just never gets acknowledged this entire podcast. Or 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 maybe they do. Or maybe they do. Um, I'm giving you the first pick. Your number one team, we have been doing this season now 10 weeks. Your number one team that you're like, yes, these guys are on. So I I did the list yesterday tentatively, so I am not totally a prisoner of the moment. I'm going with the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think this is this is appointment viewing. Um, they're not like 
this crazy passing team where they're going to wow you with their ball movement. We all know Shea. Like, Shea's just a one-of-a-kind, herky-jerky, gets wherever he wants to go. No one can, like, find him. He's impossible to guard. No one can No one can get a hold of him. I just think, more than anything else, two things are beginning to make this the number one team for me. Shea, Jalen Williams, wing good Jalen Williams, and not that the other Shea, one's not good. We call him J-Dub. J-Dub. J-Dub, J-Dub is, is how we talk about him. Okay, Shea, J-Dub, and Chet Holmgren already like look look like a, a traditional big three, just the way they complement each other and how good they all are. Um, that's like come together it's a, real it's fast. It's a foundational three guys that we know are going to be in our lives for a long time. Number one ball handler, all-around big man, wing in between them. It's perfect. Yep. It's unbelievable. Um, then you have sort of the interesting, like, how do they fit all the pieces around them? I mean, Dort is Dort. He does what he does. The Giddy thing. We've seen now two games in a row. He's made a lot of threes when people don't guard him. Like, Porzingis didn't guard him last night. He made four threes. That was but the Celtics game plan last night. Hey, Josh Giddy, yeah. go ahead. Think, knock yourself out. I think out. the Wolves, the game before, same thing. He made four threes. But more than anything else, what's so interesting about this team to me is, like, you know the history of the league better than anyone. This is not a thing that happens like teams this young do not get this good ever. And the teams that have been this young and this good, like the Oklahoma city thunder team of 10 years ago with Durant and Harden and Westbrook get there. At least in that case on the back of like incredible young athleticism and, and not, not that they didn't have basketball talent and IQ. They did, but like Durant is the seven foot unicorn. Serge Ibaka is jumping out of the gym. Russ is like a locomotive, et cetera, et cetera. They just overwhelm teams with force and speed. This team has some of that. Like Chet is big and mobile and Jalen Williams is a tank. J-Dub is like a tank with these step back jumpers at yep. the end of games. But they play with like a calm and a maturity and a lack of mistakes that is like, I, I just don't ever remember a young team. Like if you just looked at them from like on a blurry non-HD TV from 15 years ago where you couldn't see their faces and how young they looked. You'd be like, man, this team, this team's been through the wars. Like they don't have to turn the ball over. They make the right pass every time. They make the right read in space. Like they just don't play like a team that's their age. And they are, I mean, you've been on the bandwagon all year before the season. Credit to you. Like I didn't think they'd make this big of a leap. And you've also been on the, they're ready to win now. Like they can make a trade and be a championship contender. Like they're, they're a contender right now. It's, it's, I watch them and it's part enjoyment and part like, what the hell am I watching? This is not supposed yeah. to happen. There were some historical signs this could happen because they, they had, and that was part of my case before the season, why I thought they could be a top three seed because they were hitting these little checkpoints. Even last year going 40 and 42 without Chet. It's like, all right, let's add Chet. What Jalen Williams did in the, in the last two months of the year. And if Shea can go up a tiny bit of a level and, and the conference is kind of funky, 50 wins. I, I really believed in it. I think the part that I didn't, I, that I underestimated was the Shea part because it's just happened too many times now. I, I went on Termini and Eddie's show yesterday and I was saying, I, to me, we always throw around the phrase top five guy, but at some point you really have to like name your top five. And to me, he's bumped out Tatum at this point. And um, I just think he's one of the five best guys in the league. Over and over again, He's either beating the other best guy in the team or he's matching them, but he's never getting beaten by those guys when it turns into a mano a mano thing. Yesterday, what was so interesting, 
there, there were three possessions where they won the game. They're all on offense. The Celtics offense was actually pretty good down the stretch. Two Shea Chet little pick and pops where Chet hit a three and Porzingis didn't come out in time. And then the third one was they got, they wanted to get Shea on a switch on Derek White, which is nuts because Derek White is, is great, but they want to get him off Tatum. And Jalen Williams was on Tatum with the ball. And he's like, fuck it. And just went, just went by him and scored the in the last minute the most important thing. When he did that, I was like, oh, you guys are ready like now. So I don't, I guess the question is what's the trade? By the way, I had them number one too. I, but, and uh, not not recently Bayern. They, they've been the team I've watched the most this year other than the Celtics. I enjoy watching them the most. They passed Denver for me because Denver's just so clearly in a, we won the title last year. We're going to be fine. Don't worry about us. We'll see you in April. And OKC night after night has been the star of the league. Well, and and people know us, uh, both of us, like for a team to pass Jokic's team in the league pass rankings is very, very hard to do. And I'm glad you brought up those SGA Chet pick and pops at the end of the game because that's the kind of maturity I'm talking about. Like as soon as they moved Porzingis from Giddy to Chet, they pivoted right. Like they didn't waste one possession. Like, okay, now we got the big guy on Chet. Let's go pick and pop and see if KP yeah. can get out there. Like right away. It was really, they're just, they're well, well, Mark Dagnall too, man. They're well coached. Dagnall might have a case for best coach in the league now. Because, I, I and I, I was feeling that can't way. go there. Best coach in the league. I'm just saying he has a case. I'm not saying I'm I'm ready to call him the best coach in the league, but I, I've started thinking about it last year when they had no big guys at all and they were always in these games. And I remember seeing them in person against the Lakers. I've talked about this, the LeBron scoring record night. Yeah, I was there too. And there was that long, long break. And most of the time you see situations like that and the other team is just like, man, this is such an honor to be here. LeBron is incredible. They were pissed. They wanted the game to keep going. They ended up winning the game. They... Presti clearly has figured out some sort of secret sauce that, you know, smartly, unlike Daryl, when Daryl had figured out some inefficiencies in the late 2000s, he's like, I'm going to give a long interview to Michael Lewis and talk about (laughs) all the things I'm doing. And the league was like, wait, what are you doing? And they stole like nine of the things. Presti, my guess is he looks at length and competitiveness. I think, I think he specifically targets certain guys that just are wired differently. And Kaysan Wallace is like that too. That guy, he comes in, what, 17, 18 minutes a game. He'll guard the best guy on the other team. He hits threes. He plays under control. And he's really competitive. And over, you know, they'll miss with the occasional Poku. But even Poku makes sense for what that Presti model is because long, gangly, weird guy, but he's kind of maybe something. So they rolled the dice with him. But don't you think, is there anything else? Competitiveness and... And, length and, but, and also IQ recently, the last the last few hmm. years, he's been looking for guys who can really make the next play in open space. And Poku is the kind of swing you can take when you have more swings than anybody else. So you can afford to say, all right, this guy's just like a right. weird seven whatever, whatever he is and and take a shot at him. But yeah, that's, they, what, that's so weird why they didn't take Shangun. I'm, I'm I know, still you're, stunned you, that they didn't you'll take never that. Get over, you'll never get over I, that. Eight teams in a row passed him up. We were doing, we did the post-draft preview and we were like, oh my God, like how does he go 16? But he just felt like a classic OKC guy. Um, I do think they need one more big body and they have to decide those, those role guys they have who all play like 13 minutes a game. Are they better off cashing in and getting somebody who could play like a legitimate 22 to 25 who's got real experience. I think they're in a dangerous spot because you almost don't want to mess with this. This team plays so well together. And 
they all have Shay's personality. That's another thing. That's I think part of his MVP case has to be the team has taken on what his personality is, which I think is part of, yeah, that's what happened with Jokic the last couple of years. Like that team is unselfish like Jokic. Shea, the team is like calm and in control and they play really hard. And that guy, can you name five things about Shea? I, I think he's the most unlikely NBA superstar we've had in 15 years. I don't know anything about the dude. He doesn't really do interviews. He's not a big social media guy. Um, he's just atypical with all these other dudes. You feel like you have so much knowledge of every piece about them. He's just like this mystery dude that just comes in and, and takes on all the other guys. Like think about Tatum. We know like what Tatum's kid looks like. We watch him shoot game, shoot shots before games and Tatum's in all these commercials. I'm sure Shea would do commercials, but, um, he's just, he's the most mysterious star we've had in a long time. Well, and there have to be, I have not done it, um, whether here or in Oklahoma City or anywhere, but there have to have been national writers in addition to local writers who have put out the ask of like, hey, I'd love to do a 20-minute sit-down with Shay or like do a big thing on Shay and Shay's background and like, what's yeah. this guy like? And just like, I, unless I've missed it, like that just... He doesn't care. I've Like that's either, either no one's asking or the Thunder and or Shay are saying no. And like, we just don't see that piece ever. Like I'm, I'm yeah, well, I don't know much about him. One of my big regrets, just that, as you know, I love being right and love predicting things ahead of time. I watched Shea for that whole year. I never saw this. I knew he was good. We all knew like, this guy's good. This guy can be a starting guard on a championship team. There's, he has, he's really good defensively. He's really smart. There's a lot of great stuff here. I never saw 30 points a game and night after night, just, just, <laughs> just outplaying the best guy on the other team. Well, and you ever. rack your brain, like a game list last night will make you do it is where you're having the conversation. Like I was thinking to myself, like, who's, who's the best guy to guard him? And there is no best guy. And, and it's, you're just it's like, a the six, nine the, guy, basically the, the Celtics have like five of them. Yeah. And it, it didn't matter. Like, like who is, I don't even know. Like, is it, is it prime Kawhi? Is it what's left of prime? Kawhi? I don't even know who it is, but like you want to say, like, hey, would Giannis be on on him be interesting? But Giannis is like not guarded quick guards all that well compared to how he does other stuff. And Shea I don't can even get know those what... guys in foul trouble too. That's the other thing. It's like, oh, cool, you're gonna put this guy in. I'm just gonna get a foul on him. I thought of something last night, an an analogy that I'd never thought of watching him. And as soon as I thought of it, his entire game clicked into my brain. You're not a hockey guy, but the way he plays is the first basketball player, and it makes sense because he's Canadian, right? The way he moves and kind of rotates around and waits and picks his spot and then strikes and comes back, it's like watching a great hockey forward. Like if you watch like uh, Connor McDavid on on Edmonton. See, not, now I'm losing you because of hockey. No, he analogies. was the guy everybody tanked for, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was like a great tank year of, in hockey. Or you watch Gretzky or you watch any great hockey forward. They're always like gliding around. They never seem like they're moving full speed, but they have the speed and they're always kind of waiting to strike. They're like almost like Panthers or Cougars, like just in the wilderness, just kind of waiting to make their move. And the best hockey players, they float around and then all of a sudden they're doing something. And I was thinking about that last night. Like if he doesn't get what he wants, he brings it back and it's like, oh, he's not, all right, he's going to, re- oh no, he's not resetting. He's going to the basket or, oh, he has the defender on yo-yo. He's flying by him. Oh, he pulled back, step back three. Oh, he's, and it's just like, he's constantly moving. He's not for, a, you know, I don't, I wouldn't consider him a heliocentric guy, but it's not like one of these, they give him the ball 
And he's just like, all right. And everything has to set for eight seconds as he decides what to do. He's always in motion. And I think that's what's so hard for him to guard or for people to guard him. It's interesting you say that because I've been thinking about, I'd like to go back and watch him from like two years ago when when this the breakout began. Because mm. um, to me, watching him this year, we all know that like his change of pace and herky-jerky style, like that's kind of his trademark. Like he ju- you just can't get a hold of him. I feel like this year he's been smarter about yeah, I'm really good at the herky-jerky change of pace stuff, but like sometimes it's better if I just go because I'm also right. really, really fast in a straight line. And I feel like he's been smarter about leaning that way a little bit more in the right spots and just like, oh my God, he just blew by this guy. And like, maybe it's time to dispense with the herky-jerky every single time and just go. And like, I, I feel like he's better at that. We've only gotten through one team. I'm aware. I'll, I have one last shape point for you. We have to, you know, we do those ringer top 100 rankings. If yes. you worked with us, you would hate it. It would, it would, I can only imagine what your response is. Hey, Zach, we need your top hundred. You would just be like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm dying. <laughs> I, I did you're, it once. You're it was murdering hard. me. Um, this is going to, you, this would be a spit take from you. And I'm going to say this as somebody who thinks Stephen Curry is the ninth best player of all time. I think I have him ninth. I have him a spot ahead of Kobe. He's one of my favorite athletes of all time, much less favorite basketball players. I had Shea bump him and Tatum out of my top five. I gave Shea the fifth spot and I had Curry sixth. And Curry has the playoff experience. 2022 finals just happened. He's an amazing player. But if I'm just judging right now when I'm watching day after day, Shea's just a little more consistent than Curry is. And in April, Curry might jump him in my rankings again. But from what I've watched these first 10 weeks, Shea is the best guard in the league. And I, I don't, even know if it's debatable. Well, I know you don't count Luca as a guard. I mean, he's uh, him and Jokic are they're some different position. I don't even they're over there. But he, he I mean, I don't think the Curry thing is a spit take. Uh, Curry's okay. Good. In, he was in a long shooting slump until last night when the Warriors beat Orlando. I think he had thirty six. But you know, All Star stuff came out, and so we started picking tentative All Star starting fives and yeah. all that. Like, I don't. I don't think there's really a, an argument that Steph should start over S- SGA. Now, Luca is listed as a guard. I know you're personally offended by that. And everyone on the panel has Well, you stood next at, to him. He's 240 pounds. Yeah, like, he's a big if guy. If he's a guard, I don't know how he counts. But Luca and SGA were the choices for everybody. And like, there, wasn't re- there was no pushback about like, well, Curry. I mean, historically, Curry is Curry. This year, what this dude is doing is ridiculous. Can I read you one last thing? And then we got to take a break. So... We're not allowed to, to obviously wager on the NBA awards because we have votes. But it always is interesting to me when we get to early January how off some of the odds are. So on FanDuel right now, the clutch player of the year, who do you think is the favorite in the betting market right now for the, the stupid clutch player of the year award that I don't even really fully understand? Who would the you pick? Cl- the favorite? The favorite right now on January 3rd, clutch player of the year. Tyrese Halliburton. He's third at plus 650. For some reason, Dame is first at plus 340, and then Shea is plus 340. I I thought Shea was going to be like minus 300. Like, I, I just like, I don't know how you can be more clutch than him. We've watched him make game winners. We've watched him over and over again beat the best players in the league head to head. Like, I, then I don't even, I guess I don't understand this award. Well, and the that, first month of the season, the Bucks had that stretch where like, 
every win they had was a close win and Dame had it. a bunch of big shots. I think maybe that's still fresh in everybody's minds. Yeah, but, it was uh, stupid. All right, we're taking a break. Somehow we're only through one team. Get in on all the NBA buzzer beaters, ankle breakers, and tomahawk jams with FanDuel America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in on the action than right now. We all have a pretty good feel for the season at this point. There's some really good future stuff on FanDuel that I would encourage you to check out. You can, I'm not allowed to bet on this stuff because I have a vote with the NBA awards, but you're allowed to, you know, look at the sixth man of the year. Hakez has unbelievable odds right now for that. Clutch player of the year, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um, his odds are still really good, but I, w- I would go check out the futures because there's some good values right now. They have an easy to use app on FanDuel. All these different bets, you can do live same game parlays. You can do that for the NFL playoffs coming up. Uh, they You can go to their parlay hub, which is a great place to find some suggested parlays. All you have to do is visit FanDuel.com slash BS. Make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. You must be 21 plus and president select states. $5 pregame money lane wager required. First online real money wager only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is presented by State Farm. If you ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened? Your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. All right, coming back, league pass rankings. I OKC was number one to me even before last night. By the way, you forgot to mention they're shooting 50, 39, 80% as a team. These 50, 40, 80 teams, when we first got to know each other 12 years ago, if I had said 12 years from now, there's going to be 50, 40, 80 teams, you would have been like, fuck you, no way. What did they change the rules? They, did they, they have like increase the size guys. of the basket? They have like eight guys shooting 40% from three. The yeah. Thunder. My number one, t- or I guess my first pick is the Celtics. Um, oh, I'm happy about that. I did not have them this high. Well, so that's ridiculous. Them. That's a bad job by you. Um, he- here's why. For there's two reasons. Now, obviously, I know it's my favorite team, but as you know, I'll be I'll be hard on my team if they deserve it, and I would not normally want to put the Celtics second on this list. But there's two things. One is the Porzingis piece has been so much fun to watch game to game, how they use him. I'm just fascinated by it. Um, I was looking at some of his stats from Dallas. How da- He's basically averaging the same he did in Dallas. He's 20 and seven, right? That's what he did in Dallas. But in Dallas, his two-point shooting is like, it, he, he took like, his two-point shooting was like way lower. Um, his free throw attempts, I think he was at like 3.2. He's at almost six for the Celtics. The way they've used him, they've kind of unleashed him into this way more efficient version of him versus the guy we saw in Dallas who was basically, go stand over there. Occasionally, Luca will do a pick and pop with you. Um, we're going to post you up with no warning. 
it's going to be super obvious and it's kind of going to look ugly. And then people are going to think you're not a post-up wear. The Celtics are like, all right, this person's on you. We're going to leverage this. Let's put you at the foul line. Oh, they're putting Bogdanovich on you. We're going to put you at the foul line. You're just going to shoot over him. Oh, they're going to put a guard on you. Go into the corner. You're going to get wide open threes. He's not even shooting that well. I think he's 33% from three. And that's one of the interesting things about the Celtics team. Tatum Brown and Porzingis are all under 35% from three. This is one of the best offensive teams in the league. And I don't even think they're shooting that well yet. I think uh, White and Holiday, their three-point shooting's been up and some of the bench guys. But for the actual starters, not the same. So that's the Porzingis piece is one. And then second, just quickly, just Drew and White on the same team is super fun. You mentioned earlier with the OKC, like they're allowed to do some stuff on defense that other teams don't have access to. With got guys jumping off, um, guards blocking layups at the rim, guards blo- uh, messing up three on zero fast breaks, like what happened with White last night. It's just so fun to watch those two, and I don't really know what point of the career Drew is at right now. Like his two point percentage is forty seven point nine, which is brutal. Last year was like fifty six, and it it adds up to the eye test of he's not really finishing in the rim the same way. Three point shooting's good. But he did, did get hurt earlier in the year. I'm not giving up on that. But um, those two things have made it super fun for me. Also, they're really good. Yeah, they're awesome. I had them sixth in my in my draft, Fair. and and as you will see from the teams I pick, I'm I'm I, I'm I'm a prisoner of the moment a little bit in some teams that are fresher and have more yeah. interesting questions to answer. I think I just think the Celtics are awesome. They are very fun to watch on both ends of the floor and how they play. I am probably guilty of watching a lot of Celtics games through a pretty narrow lens that is just the same lens every game for me, which is how often are they getting to the rim? How often yeah. are they getting to the rim? How often are they getting to the rim? And so maybe I'm not bored because again, I had them six, but maybe I'm bored of watching them through that same lens over and over. And about Porzingis, the thing I've loved about him this year is he's not just turning and shooting those 16 footers. Like he really is trying to carve out every inch of space he can get. Even yeah. if he ends up like falling over, he gets fouled a lot more. Like I, I just need rim, rim, rim. Cause everything else about this team is pretty damn airtight. What's their one move? Yeah. Do, do you want, do you, are you of the school of thought that Hauser, Horford, Pritchard, Cornette, whoever is not enough off the bench? They need one more guy off the bench. I think they need a big guard. They need a six five six six guard who they they could just have two skills. Can they defend and and can they at least hit an open shot thirty seven percent of the time? I think would that's you give what's up missing. two first round picks for Alex Caruso in, in five seconds. Two, yeah, I don't okay. care about picks. The Celtics are going to be good every year. Hey, in, I don't not sound like James Jones who should have cared about picks. Um, and was like, yeah, I don't really care about, for, we don't care about first rounders here. It's like, maybe you should have. You took Jalen Smith over Tyrese Halberton. Um, But in the Celtics case, I mean, one of the reasons I have them ranked so high is, and Tatum, you know, he watching him hit the checkpoints of who he should be and he's not there yet. And he still does stuff that drives me nuts. Like he'll take pull-up threes that you're just like, oh my God, you're never going to figure this out. Doesn't go to the rim enough. The game they played last night they only took 43s. They went, I think they had 29 free throws. That's more in where they're going to have to be in May and June. But um, to me, it's like, I don't know if this team is going to be together in the same way again. 
I don't know how long Jalen's going to be in the team. He's making 50 million a year. At some point, you got to pick and choose who, how many expensive guys you can have, especially if the media deal isn't what the league seems to think it's going to be. What's Holiday's next contract going to be? Is he going to take less? Is it going to be like an Al Horford situation? I love it here. Or is he going to cash in one more time for a hundred million for three years with somebody with cap space? So this feels like, this literally feels like their best chance to win a title since 08. I mean, they they have the most talent. It's the best team since 09. It's the best yeah, team since 09, which totally. got derailed by KG's injury. Yeah, and this is it. They have the most talent. They have a guy who can who can go head to head with some of the best guys in the league. They have balance. There's what I would. That's why I would do Caruso in five seconds. All right, well, you're up. Uh, I mean, I don't think we need to spend too much time on this. Uh, my next pick was Denver. Yeah, uh, they have the most watchable player in the entire league. Every game. God damn it! I already like your draft so much more than mine. I got OKC in Denver. Uh, Jokic will do five things every game that make me cackle like an idiot. And this year, this every every good team that is proven and like you said, Denver is playing with a little bit of like, eh, we got this uh, championship, you know, confidence and not casual in this, but you know what I mean. They still have to have a subplot that ropes me in and the bench and like Peyton Watson and Julian Strother and, and Christian Brown. Yeah. Like, that's the subplot. And I like it's a fun subplot. I like that subplot. Doesn't always I'm work not, for them every night, but I like it. Not sure about Strother yet. Like, I like he's him. actually playing. I like him too, but I just... What's that going to look like in May? I'm not sure if I trust those guys. Completely. You know, you know, it'll look a lot better uh, when Jamal Murray is on the floor with those guys, or Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon are on the floor with those guys. Right now, yeah. If you look at their numbers, the five man bench mobs are getting destroyed, and that's deflating all their overall plus minus numbers. But it's an interesting subplot. I don't need. To, do we need to say anything more about Denver? They're Denver. We don't. The only thing I would add is, uh, and this is before the crazy dog attack, but. Uh, Gordon, Gordon just wasn't playing as well this year. He was down statistically in a bunch of spots. He wasn't making threes anymore. And I was just kind of monitoring it. And I was, they don't have a lot to trade. They don't have a lot of moves. Basically, their picks, the stuff they've already traded, plus their picks have those stupid protections where they're kind of handcuffed anyway to, for what they can do. So unless they trade a couple of those bench guys, they just need, they need to, him to be the third best guy on the team. And with how good the league has gotten, it's, it's, I think that's a harder case to make this year. And you remember, like, he almost went sideways in round two last year. And the Lakers just weren't guarding him at all, or round three. Lakers weren't guarding him at all. They were like, all right. It was a little like giddy last night, but then he kind of rallied and got out of it. But I'm, I'm just kind of monitoring that. You're monitoring. I, okay. I get frustrated with them because, first of all, I've watched them for so long. And I just kind of know when they're a little bit on autopilot now or they're like, all right, fine, all right. And they have a bullseye every night, which is just a different place to be in. They, every night they go to whatever city or they're playing whoever, they're the champs and teams go at them really hard. And sometimes it doesn't seem like they totally want it. All right. My next team. Minnesota. Now, we, we basically listed the four best teams in the league right now, or four of the five. Um, I've just really enjoyed how improbable all this was watching Edwards trying to figure it out as a top guy. The Gobert renaissance has been bizarre, but I, the thing I really like about them and why I think they matter in the league pass rankings is they really bring it every night and you kind of either have to keep up or not. And they've been in some, 
they've been in a few games that just feel like playoff games. And the stuff they're doing is pretty high level. Like even what they were doing at Brunson the other day where uh, they put McDaniels on them. They're just like, we're taking out Brunson. And they lost the game, but they, they're doing stuff that you usually see in April, May in these games versus just, all right, it's game 41, let's go. Because they're trying to discover themselves as a contender. And Edwards is just so aggro. It's great. Like, he really thinks he's the best player in the league. He loves talking shit, and he's not afraid of anybody. And uh, I've enjoyed that. So, and they, they're, they're, do you see they're 11-1 and one in, cl- in clutch games this year? They're, I, have not, they're, I did not see that. They're close games are really fun, close games. That's another, so if it's like there's seven minutes left and it's like, oh, it's Minnesota 90, Toronto 88, you're like, oh, this will be fun. Um, so I have them fourth. I don't know if I can remember anyone making a bigger bank shot leap than Anthony Edwards has made from last year to this year. Last year, it was like, does he have a bank shot? And this year, it's like, he's making these wide angle bank shots that don't even look like you should yeah. shoot bank shots on them and they go in every time. That I had them eighth, and only because their offense can get a little bit sloggy, clunky, um, yeah, and and that's all. But I love watching them. And McDaniel's, the defense is ridiculous. But on offense, that guy's getting a little more comfortable and has a little more juice in his game every night. And I think that's big for them. I always love slow mo. I'm a sucker for slow mo. But you said you're monitoring Aaron Gordon. I'm just monitoring. Minnesota's got the best record in the West. They're awesome. 19th in offense right now. Just, I'm just, it's just, it's sitting there as like you keep waiting for it to get like on some nights it looks really good. And then you look at yeah. the numbers, and, mm, okay, number one defense is their defense is real. Just I'm monitoring it. That's all. I had Kyle Anderson written down as the kind of one move they could make if they needed to do something. It's 9.2 million expiring. He's not having a great year for them this year. They love and, him though. They love no, him. No, I know they love like him, but a connector it, guy. Seems a little expendable, though. I mean, what they really need is Conley insurance because on the nights where Conley doesn't have it, it 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 looks super choppy. Anyway, yeah, Shake right. Shake Milton was supposed to be that guy, and he's fallen out of the rotation. Um, I'll bet I bet within three games of this podcast, Shake Milton plays like twenty one minutes in a game. They're gonna try to resuscitate him for because like they know this Jordan McLaughlin thing is cute that's going on in the last five days, but yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm they need Shake. All right, so you, um, you took Minnesota. Okay. You know, I probably should have gotten more cutthroat with this draft because I know who you're taking next and I could have just taken them and I feel like I still could have gotten Minnesota a team later. I know what you're going to do. You're going to take the Pacers. Uh, no, no, I'm not. Oh. You can, no. My third pick, and this is when I said I'm prisoner of the moment. No, it's don't time do now. it. Don't do it's, it. It's, I, <laughs> it's time now to direct our full attention to the Phoenix Suns. Oh, Beal okay. is healthy. I, I thought you were going to say the Clippers. I was going to get mad. Beal is healthy. Yep. Um, Durant was healthy and missed the game against Portland. Hopefully that's just like a one, two game thing. Now we get to see like, okay, this is what it is. All these, these guys make $130 million combined. You traded everything you had, literally everything. Every swap has been split up four different ways to yeah. build this team around these three guys. Every analysis of your team until now was like, well, I don't know. We don't know what to make of it because Brad Beal's not held. Now everyone's here. All right, let's 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 see what you got. Let's see how it shakes out. Who comes? What's the bench rotation? What's your closing lineup? Now we get to see the full thing. And I've liked, now the competition has been great, but I have liked the first 65 minutes of Beal, Booker, Durant have been oh. monstrously good. I'm in. I just want, I'm excited to watch it now. Well, you know they're serious because they finally improved to over 500 at home. 
10 and 9. Congrats to them. Yeah, and so Woj did that story on Christmas where he put out something I think all of us had heard in some form that maybe Kevin Durant wasn't that happy. And what was, and then they sucked that night, right? So then, you know how this goes. It was Christmas week for them, which was, I think, helpful. Because I think if it had just been a normal week like this week, it would have been just Phoenix, Phoenix, Phoenix for the next four days. But what was interesting was the way he responded after that, after that Christmas game. Because that Wednesday game, he played one of his best games of the year, if not the best one. He was, was, like that, was that the 16 assists game? Yeah, 27, 16, 11. And it was just like, he just was locked in. And that made me feel better about maybe where this was going. But I like what I've seen the last, last few games. The problem for them, there's two problems. One is, I just don't trust Beal and Durant to just stay healthy for the next six months. Um, Durant's body has a lot of wear and tear. And... They put it, they're putting a lot of miles on him, which just makes me nervous. And then Beal, I just don't trust to be out there. They got to be out there for the next five months. Um, you don't want to be in the play-in. You don't want to be like the lower seed every time in a playoff series. and shit. So they got to get going now. And I'm just not a Nurkic guy. I'm just not. He's I, Look, I was with you on like, there's a lot of risk built into this Aiton Nurkic thing. He's delivered. So far this year, it. and Aiton Aiton has not, and and that's leaving aside the fact that the Aiton bridge was like burned and the rubble yeah. was burned to ash and all of that. Um, he's been good. Now, if you don't trust him, you don't trust him. But like Nurk has delivered so far. Not can a good I give, defensive player. Can I give player. you two more Phoenix things? Not a health, not a, a big health risk for me. But keep going. I I just want to give uh, Kevin Ray and Eddie Johnson a little bit of a shout out. They've become one of my favorite broadcast teams in the league. Yeah. Um, and uh, I had one. More. Oh, oh, the home thing. Just it, this is not Phoenix related, um, but you mentioned their home record finally being over five hundred. Um, the your beloved Boston Celtics are undefeated at home. Uh, oh, far. I'm aware. So I, I'm, it, my dad and I you, are very focused on this. When, as a Celtics, as an as a Celtics fan who was uh, attending games in 1986. When yeah. does your brain start thinking about 40 and one? Remember Cleveland in 2019, wait, wait, 2009 wait. was 39 and one and lost the last game of the season to finish 39 and two. When do you start thinking about 40 and one? That's kind of like an underrated fun NBA number. First of all, how dare you? Because I started thinking about it a week ago. That five I watched and the entire five and Detroit like, game. It's on the board. The, the Detroit game. I'm like, we got to get this one. Why, why did we bench so many guys? Um, it's not just the 40 and one, it's the 50 and one. They went 50 and one, including the playoffs that year. And I just don't know if we see that again. I think teams have gotten close, but just to, to play 51 games and win 50 of them at home during the entire season, I, it's on my radar. My dad is super excited about it. The 40 and one meant a lot to him. He went to a lot of those games. Um, they, the one game they lost, they got their asses kicked by Portland in 86. Uh, there's Portland just super athletic, just ran up and down on them. But yeah, I, I don't know what week it's going to become a thing, but maybe it's, if they get to 20, and know, it might start mattering. I don't know what the record is for home wins to start the season. What's weird is they sucked at home in the playoffs last year. Um, but they definitely have a good home court advantage and you can feel it game to game. Like the crowd was so into that Detroit game. Poor Detroit's trying to break their stupid streak and the Celtics fans are acting like it's like mid May. Um, all right. I'm up. You're up. You, you, I've taken Phoenix, Denver, and Oklahoma City. You've taken Boston and Minnesota. 
You know, this is sad. I'm I'm just I'm almost letting you win this. I'm just gonna I can only go with my heart. I love watching the Warriors. I still love Steph Curry. I'm still f- super focused on it. I think part of it might be that it's the West Coast team, so they're on. But um I've been really, really, really absorbed by how weird their season's been and all the ups and downs and just Wiggins just being almost unplayable for six weeks. And then he is playable, but then he's not. The Draymond thing was so bizarre, especially when he really started unraveling and just game to game, it was kind of riveting to see if he would lose it again. And then he did twice in a week and that's it. Um, I'm a huge Kaminga guy now. I'm back. I was I had Kaminga in the trade machine all over the place. He's kind of won me back because he's like he's got to be first team all rational confidence, right? Like he's out there, like finally Draymond's gone. I can do my thing. Like he really believes that. I'm not saying he's true, not true. I like Brando Pods, um, Jackson Davis, who I found out was Dale Davis's son ten days ago. I can't believe it, but <laughs> I think he's been, he's been really good for them. He's your kind of guy. And just the, the last days of Clay, how that's been kind of playing out has been fun. And then the Curry piece. Um, it's just every game is hard for them and it's fun from a league pass standpoint. So that's my case. I had the Warriors 10th and that's the floor for any Steph Curry team. Yeah. And I agree with you. They're the, the chaos and it's like new starting five. Oh, well, you know what? We don't like that one. Let's try a new starting five. Okay. We can't, these guys can't play together. Oh, maybe they can play together. The chaos is both fun and sometimes a little bit frustrating and sometimes can lead to bad basketball. Like if you look at their numbers, their transition defense has been awful this year and it's been really awful since the Draymond suspension. And I think part of that is a, he's still one of the best defenders in the league and B they just are throwing out so many lineups that are new or newish, and these guys just are learning each other on the fly. And there's something fun about that. Like it's been fun to watch Jackson Davis. It's been fun to watch Pajemski settle in. They're just um, like they're just adult rookies, and you know and they Kaminga, play hard. They know where to go and what to do. And I've always liked Kaminga. It didn't look good for me a year ago. He's been playing really well lately. And the, the like when he just takes a half second to exhale on offense right. with the ball. And he starts making the right pass at the right time. That's when I get very excited. It doesn't have to be like straight line chaos all the time. Like just he made a couple reads in recent games. I'm like, all right, there it is. Uh, I like watching them. And I do think like the the puzzle solving element of this, like all of a sudden Moses Moody's out of the rotation. And it's like, I actually is I like Moses Moody. I actually can't quibble. Like, I don't know whose minutes he would really steal from at this point, unless you're just cutting bait on Clay and Wiggins completely and they're understandably not going to do that. Uh they're a fun watch. I don't I don't I like you, the pick. You left out the Chris Paul subplot. Yeah. Chris Paul year 19. What Still year good. is it for him? Still good. Every his shots are short. He's I think he's hit the front of the rim more than any other player in the league this year. But it still kind of looks like Chris Paul. It's like watching an actor in some TV show where you're like, "Oh, I love that person, but they're just older." And but he still kind of knows where to go, what to do. I my guess is he's the one they trade. I mean, not to uh, not to step on Perk's corner, but the the real baller trade would be if Clay was in it because I think then then whether you give Moody those minutes, you Clay and picks, so what, what, whatever you want to do, like 
Clay's probably the most expendable of these dudes, but Clay also has the playoff pedigree and they're going to wait for him. I, I just don't think they would ever trade him, ever. Which you have to understand as someone who, you know, as yeah. someone who got into sports because you loved sports and you loved certain teams and players, like, yep, that's understandable. Like, there are certain guys who, it's Clay Thompson, man. That's, that's game six, Oklahoma City. That's, Can't. you know. It's Clay, it's Clay and Curry. It's a whole era. I think that's, it's really hard to cut the ties with that. With that said, there is one trade I think they could and should make, and we're going to get to that next. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. It's just what you need to sit back and enjoy the game, and they're also getting fans closer to the game than ever. You can win exclusive NBA prizes like courtside seats, signed memorabilia, and more. I love Michelob because of how light it is. It's only 95 calories with 2.6 carbs. You know what the perfect time for Michelob Ultra is? Little double header, little NBA double header. Right? At first half of the first game. I don't know. West Coast time. That's usually about five o'clock, five thirty, perfect time for a beer. You can do it. Grab a pack to enjoy today. Learn more and enter for your chance to win at Michelobeultra.com slash courtside LDA 21 and up. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Summer is all about fun vacations, but I know that being away from home could be stressful. So many things can happen. That's why I like to recommend Simply Safe, award-winning security that can help give you peace of mind when you're away. The only thing you should worry about while you're on vacation is having too much fun. Having my home, it's great. Couldn't work better. I think Simply Safe is the best because it comes with a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, sensors to detect break-ins, fires, floods, and more. It's backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. It's given me, my family, many others real peace of mind. I'm waiting to have it too. Try it out. A 60-day money-back guarantee. No contracts right now. Get 20% off any Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com slash BS. That is Simply Safe with two S. Simplysafe.com slash BS. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Last note on Golden State, and then we'll keep going with the league pass rankings. I didn't think they would trade Draymond, and I, I kind of think they will now. Ooh. And I say that in a way that will probably get aggregated by one of those stupid sites that we hate. Um, I just think they're, I think they're playing better without him. I think too many things have happened. And I think it's like one of those relationships where you kind of just have to break up at this point. And he's going to have real value to other teams. I'm not sure who those teams would be, but we could probably guess a few of them. And I think maybe you move on at this point. It's been really interesting how little everybody has said on both sides about this. What the Warriors aren't saying is, look, Draymond's always going to be in this team. It's when he gets his head right and he's back, he's a warrior for life. Nobody's saying any of that now. Um, I just feel like the door is way, way open for some sort of move. And by the way, the trade deadline's in like six weeks. They haven't even, they asked Kerr the other day, You know, is, Draymond hasn't been back in the building and he's like, he needed some distance from us. We needed some distance that, from him, whatever that he was, said. That was 18 hours ago. Steve yeah. Kerr said that after that, the Magic game last night. Yeah. That and was that, not nothing. No, because we're 10 games in. And I remember, you know, there were some anonymous reports the week, 10 days ago that, you know, 15 games started to be the number that was like ballparked in, in some published reports. I can't remember where. Well, we're at, we're at 10 now. And it does. Part of the reason they are interesting to watch is you can see them in real time, not necessarily evolving past Draymond, 
but having to construct a team without him and finding some answers that work and some some that I mean they've been you know hovering around 500 without him it's not like they're killing it but I do find it interesting that you say he would have a lot of value because he has three years left on his contract after this and obviously what's happened has happened um I think trading him for something that can help you win today if that's your goal like I, I'm inter- I'm I would be interested to see you uh, we may not have time now but he 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 seems to be a very tricky player to trade right now. Like you'd have to imagine there are some teams who would be like, Oh no, that's seems like a lot for us to take on at this point. I'm glad you corrected me. A lot of uh, saying a lot of value is strong. Do I think teams would talk themselves into him? Yes. Do you think, do you think, are you thinking like Lakers kind of teams or are you thinking the Lakers have to be on the list? Like, Are you thinking just bad teams who like, oh, culture and defense and grit, like bring them into Detroit or Charlotte and like he can help our young guys. But- culture might be a little tough. Might, yeah, might be a I'm tougher saying. case. I don't know if you're Cleveland. Well, and now it's we're Jer- just, now we're now we're just going we're going crazy now. Let's go. Well, if Give it's it Cleveland and it's like we have this whole pretty big sample size now that maybe this Jared Allen Mobley thing doesn't 100 percent work. And what if we got Draymond and Moses Moody and so you know a couple assets and and we gave him Jared Allen and now we put Draymond with Evan Mobley and we have a proven four time title guy and um, maybe this will convince Mitchell to stay. They claim they're not trading Mitchell, but they do. That, they that do was the claim. team I was thinking. By the way, don't aggregate that because that's just a thought experiment. I have no inside info. Um, what if you're Orlando? I don't think you. I don't. I don't think you. I mean, I know they've come back to earth a little bit. They're only five games over now, I think, or something. And they did, they're not beating over. any good teams. But are yeah, you? My, aren't you? If you're Orlando, aren't you okay with not beating any good teams? Are you worried about like, oh, we're not going to be a, a a strong playoff team? Like maybe we'll make the playoffs and be a one and done, and that's the best we can do. Are you worried about that? I'm just good with let's make they the need playoffs. A guard, that was our man. goal they this just, year. They need a guard. I mean, uh, this Fultz thing. I mean, I don't. Well, I, I, there's my, something wrong with his knee. Is the problem? My guess is Orlando is not going to really come up at the top or the bottom of our drafts. They're kind of a nice middle, fun, like yeah. decent team to watch. So you might as well do it now. Like the Fultz thing is taking a long time, and this whole like yeah, it's taking well, just, a long like, time for a reason. He's hurt. Yeah, and like Anthony Black, it's like a nice thing you can do in the regular season and stay afloat. It's not a real thing that you can start that guy and play him for 14 minutes, and then your backups are. Cole Anthony, who's good, and Gary Harris, who's, you know, I don't think was projected to be this big a part of the team this year. And Joe Ingles is already hurt. They need a guard. It's a lot of Cole Anthony. Who's good. Like a, a lot no, of but it's Anthony. a lot of Cole Anthony. It's, and it's Suggs, a for as much. much as you and I like Suggs, and Suggs brings all the intangibles and like the grit and the toughness, there still are going to be like a lot of like three of 11, seven points kind of games for him. Um, I had this written down because I don't know if we get to Orlando. This is the exact sentence I typed. Kind of a fun Zach Levine team. If it's just the false Harris expirings are over 30 million, maybe you throw them Denver's protected 25 first so they could save some face and say they got a pick and they take on that Levine contract. And now you're putting Levine in like those, those Gary Harris, uh, I don't know, false slash whatever minutes. I'm so, them cook. not doing that. Not, not doing, doing that. Doing okay. I'm Orlando. I'm That's not why I said Levine, kind of fun. I'm not putting Levine in any team 
where he can plausibly tell himself, oh, I'm, I'm the guy. I'm the best player on the team. And I could see him going to Orlando and being like, well, these guys are young. Like, I'm a two-time All-Star gold medalist. So you're like, saying I'm, he has to go to the Lakers? I'm not, I'm not. Do you think the Lakers want to do that? No, but we've seen GM LeBron has, has made some crazy things happen. GM LeBron has, has provided a lot of fodder over there. I can't wait for owner LeBron. I was just about to say owner you're LeBron's excited about be unbelievable. Like what, what's going to happen when he's actually in charge of a team and he's just like, ah, let's do this. What's the name of the Vegas team going to be? What do we think is a good name for the Vegas team? Like the Vegas Dice? Mm. No. All right. Does it have to be gambling related? Yeah. Well, yeah, pr- what's the what's the what do they call the WNBA team? Aces. That's the Aces. Yeah, that's gambling related. Yeah, no, Maybe I understand. The, I'm saying we can't get more. We can't just. I don't. Not, I'm not anti gambling. We just could be a little more creative. Las Vegas just has to be. Can't get a little. Golden Knights is kind of fun. Vegas Blackjack team, right? Blackjacks, craps, roulette. I mean, we know what the, the Seattle wheel? team's got to be. Las Vegas named. Wheel. <laughs> Wheelers, uh, kind of like the Whalers. All right. So so far in the in the league pass draft, you took OKC, Denver, and Phoenix. I have Boston, Minnesota, and Golden State. I like your side way more. What do you have for the seven? So I'm thinking of zagging and going further down my rankings just for the sake of fun. But I think I can get this fun team that I'm thinking of taking now one more pick from now. So I'm going to stick chalk. And I'm actually going to take the fourth team on my list, which means I've gotten one, two, three, and four on my list. And we've spent all year, all of us, Nit, nitpicking, nitpicking the fault. They don't do this well. They don't do that well. The coach is this and that. You know who's really fun to watch? Giannis. Giannis mm. is still really fun to watch. And Dame and Giannis together are fun to watch. And this has been the best offensive team in the league for the last six weeks of the season. Thereabouts, anyway. I think they're third overall now. I still think the Bucks are pretty damn fun. So I'm taking the Bucks. Easy, right? I don't enjoy I mean, them we as... all know the perim- perimeter defense, and yeah, yeah. I want to see Bo Champ and Jackson play. Oh, we all know that. We all I get the problems from a sheer entertainment standpoint. This team's pretty damn fun. They seem to be in a lot of fun fourth quarters. Yeah. Um, you never I know th- when Giannis is going to blow a gasket about something dumb that has nothing to do with the game and like just like create a WWE kind of scene, like knocking over ladders and you know, storming into locker rooms. <laughs> you never know. I had them later in my top 10, but for the big thing is Giannis, who seems to have a real edge to him now, and I don't really fully understand it. It's And it's game to game. It's not just like what happened that Indiana thing. He seems mad way more often than I ever remember it at any point in his career. Mad, I mean like competitive mad, not like Draymond yeah. might unravel mad. But he's just really feisty. And... I always thought he was pretty, you know, he had those, remember early in his career, who was the guy that he absolutely nailed when the, the guy cheap shot at him and he came back and he knocked, it was a three-point oh, shooter. was it? I do he remember He knocked that, that guy into the, he absolutely, and that was the first time, because we were like, oh, the freak, he's so much fun. And then he did this like kind of WWE move and and we all said, oh, he's got this, he's got a little of this too. Um, he and Ben Simmons had a thing, remember when Ben Simmons, yeah. he and Ben Simmons had a little thing for a while? Yeah, he's he's very pissy this year in a good way. Um, have you noticed he's shooting sixty one percent? Seems relevant. So averaging thirty one points a game, shooting sixty one percent. Yeah, so, he's he, he's amazing. Yeah, he's still really really and great. Ta- and talk about a guy who's good for like four highlight dunks a game. And his highlight dunks run the gamut from, the, you know, the three steps to traverse the whole court, one handed extendo dunk. 
But my favorite Giannis dunk is when he's just stuck under the rim with four guys around him. And he yeah, just, just rises up, up like a superhero and just rudely dunks on top of all of them. Yeah. That's my favorite one. They're Easy also choice. fun in the fourth quarters because they can't get stops and nobody can really stop them either. So it just becomes uh, a pinball game. I will say, though, the one thing I don't love about them is it's a lot of free throws. I think him and Dame combined are almost 20. And that's just not that fun for me. I like the, I like the flow. So that's why Fair. I had him. Middleton's playing better too, but yeah, free throws, free throws knock knock teams down. Orlando's number one in free throw rate. That's one of the reasons they're not that entertaining to watch. Well, I can't believe what value here at number eight. I like my group more. Um, Indiana's got to go here. Indiana should have probably gone sooner. Indiana's averaging 126.4 points a game. 126.4 points per game. That's their average for games. Every single game, they score at least 126 points. Um, I looked up some of the mid-2000 seasons. The 2000 Mavericks led the league at 103. So they scored 23 more points a game than the leader in the league in 2003. They have eight guys averaging 10 points a game. They're shooting 50%, 38%, 80%. guys averaging 10 points a game? Eight guys, including Jalen Smith. Not one Smith. of them is like a garbage time guy? Like they're legit? That's like... It's all eight. They have eight, tw- 10 points. Aaron Neesmith is shooting 50% oh, from three. What a what a year for the, those of us who have been on Aaron Neesmith Island for three years. With, what a, what those of us, it was me and you and like one other person. Um, I think what we're watching... And I think we, you know, Hal Barton got discussed more than enough during the uh, in-season tournament, which you have abbreviated now to the IST. Is that is that what we're doing, or you, is that you're just trying it out? I think that's a placeholder until they name it, until it becomes something. The something Amazon else. in-season the, the tournament, it, the the pool and weed eater in-season tournament, whatever whatever it ends up being. What Hal Burton's doing this year is very similar in my head to when Nash went to the Suns and. Just something was happening. You're like, what's this? This is weird. And oh my God, they're going to play like this every game. Um, I don't think it's necessarily going to work long term. I don't think they're going to win a first round series, but they were the most intriguing team to me with Ananobi. I thought they might get into that. And I don't know if they're buyers or sellers. My guess is that they might be buyers because they have some assets. I'm not really sure where this team goes over the next six weeks, but I really like watching them. Yeah, they're fun to watch. I I can't quibble with it. Um, there are just some nights where, where they get feel, killed. No, not even when they get killed. When it feels a little circusy to me, like where it mm. feels a little bit like a carnival. It's like can any can either the teams involved try a little bit on defense? Like, do you have a plan? Do you have an idea? Do you yeah. try out an idea for not giving up 125 points a game, other than score 130 points a game? I do think their whole we will just give up layups. At, so that we don't give up any threes. Defense is like kind of a novel thing. Like we we'll just, we'll just we just really don't. It's care a little Paul a, a Westhead of, early '90s when he yeah, tried just, to do that Denver thing and it bombed. It feels a little circusy <laughs> to me on some like I like that Hawks uh, Pacers game that was one fifty something to one fifty something. By the third quarter of that game, I was like, I'm now kind of. It was like an All Star game. It's like, all right, the seventeenth alley oop in the first quarter. I'm like, okay, I've got I've seen the game now. Like I'm a little bored now. It was like watching uh, when you watch volleyball and there's just so many points, you start to become numb to the points. That's, yeah. Um, I've really enjoyed having them in the league. And no, they're fun. They, the they Halliburton were thing is really list. weird because they gave up, they got healed in, in Halburn for Sabonis. 
And just that they traded a guy who is now like a guaranteed top 10, top 12, wherever he is for the next 10 years. You would think that's a disaster, but I, I kind of feel like the Kings would do it again with what it's done for Fox. I, don't, I think they run the trade back. So you have this trade that's like the most important trade Indiana's made this century. Now, maybe if you did true serum with Sacramento and put five vodka shots in Vivek, maybe you'd be like, ah, oh, man, maybe we shouldn't trade Halburn. But I still feel like they are, they're, I mean, they doubled down on Sabonis. They gave him the giant extension. I don't know if it's like huge regrets, but that can you remember another time somebody gave up a guy like that? And it's not like, oh my God, their fans being devastated that they gave him up. It's just not there in this trade. Yeah, I also can't really remember a time where a team didn't make the playoffs for 16 years so their fans would be happy with like any level of base competency, um, which the Kings have achieved with this team. Yeah. Uh, so, by the way, Kings, one of the one of the most fun trade deadline wildcard teams right now because they're 19 and 13. Some pieces. They're, they're on the same win-loss pace as they were last year. Point differential, just about zero at this point. And they got they lost at home last night to Charlotte. Um, I something and they bench Kevin Herter, who's now come. They starting Chris Duarte over him. Harrison and Mi- Barnes, there's is some kinda, Davian Mitchell, just kind of yeah, out of the it, it, out it of the feels mix. Like I liked Ananobi. I, I like them as an Ananobi fit. Um, I think they had some. Obviously, they didn't get OG Ananobi, so um, they must have had some hesitancy, or they didn't. I, I think it was more they didn't have the piece that Toronto would have Are wanted saying- and was gettable. But are you saying you think like when Cleveland traded for Mitchell and Minnesota traded for Gobert and it was a little bit of a ooh, okay, I guess you I guess you guys are going for it. You think Sacramento is the number one draft pick for whoa, you just gave up four unprotected first rounders because you're doubling down on Fox and Sabotis? I don't know about this is what we're that, doing. That's that's the thing. They don't have four because they still owe the one to Atlanta for Herder. Um I don't think a, a deal that big, but I, I do sense like some it's, it, in the next two or three weeks, they're going to have to decide, are we, is our team, does our record more accurately reflect the quality of our team or does our point differential more accurately reflect the quality of our team? And if it's the latter, how much risk are we of not making the playoffs of falling into the play in where anything can happen? We could not even make the playoffs. And if we think that risk is substantial enough, like how aggressive are we going to be? I just don't know who the player is that they're going to target. Exactly. And if they're not, and if they're not going to give up Keegan Murray, no. um, they're no. th- that's going to take them out, and they shouldn't. That's going to take them out of a lot of conversation. I don't. No, you, you get. Keep, it, I've mentioned them as a Levine fit, like because uh, offensively, we know they like them. They try to sign them. Uh, uh, that's what I forgot about that. They were the now. This is a different a different regime there, but. Um, they were the offer sheet team. Conceptually, he fits on offense between Fox and Sabonis and would be the third guy with the ball, which is the which is the role that I think he needs to be much more finisher than initiator. But the contract is huge. Um, the Bulls have been better without him. Yeah. And uh you're just punting defense forever and ever and ever if you're playing those three guys together. I I don't I don't love it. I don't see them doing it, but I don't know. Just they're they're my they in Brooklyn are my two trade deadline wild cards. I just like can't, I can't figure out what they're going to do. Brooklyn they, doesn't they, have their pick. They they don't have their pick, but they have picks from other teams, right? And they have 
veteran guys that other teams would want that may be expendable, like your Finney Smith and Royston. They just have like a lot of ingredients and they're sliding down the standings. I just feel they feel ripe. Those situations feel ripe to me for something unexpected. That's yeah, because with Brooklyn, it doesn't make sense for them to bottom out. So they actually have incentive to get better. And Sacramento, you know, I asked, I like Kata, the the guy the Celtics got who I think he was like the 37th or 39th pick for Sacramento two years ago. And Sacramento just didn't offer him the option. And he left and the Celtics got him. And he's he's something. Like, like could he be like a clumsier Zubats two years from now? I don't know. But he's, he's clearly, if you're going to have 15 guys on your roster, he's something. So I asked somebody um, when the Celtics were in town, I was talking to a couple of different people and I asked somebody like, how did, how'd you get, Kata, I don't understand that. Like, why did the Kings give him up? And they said, because they're the Kings. And that made me think, like, even though things have gone well for the Kings the last couple of years, there's still, there's still some, there, there's still some prove it to us with the Kings. That I know, I know you made a couple of decent trades, but I, I'm still, still not sure teams trust the infrastructure um, from a common sense standpoint. Which makes me wonder, would that be a team that makes a crazy trade? So I think we're seeing this the same way. Uh, should we go? Should we go rapid fire through some more picks? Yeah, we're almost done here. Go. So I'm gonna eschew eschew uh, a couple of my chalk picks just to shake it up. So I have OKC, Denver, Phoenix, Milwaukee. I'm gonna take. This is gonna surprise you. I really like watching Houston. I'm gonna take mm, the Houston Rockets as, as my next team. I just think. Even on nights when Jalen Green is like three of 16 and gets benched in the fourth quarter, I'm still curious about every time Jalen Green has the ball, what's going to happen. I love Jabari. I love Eason. I love Shengun. The veterans have been fun. I think they're a fun team to watch. Houston Rockets. Had them in my top 10. The Jalen Green. Yeah. The Jalen Green thing will be, they're going to be my next pick. The Jalen Green thing will be what makes or breaks whatever they're supposed to be this year. I don't, I still don't, still don't 100% love Van Vliet as somebody who has the ball a lot in the last five minutes of a game. And I think that was one of the reasons Toronto wasn't that successful the last couple of years. As his stats are good. I get it. And you could you could point me to a, a bunch of different advanced metrics and be like, here's why you're wrong. Fred Van Vliet is good. But I just, if you're if you're playing Golden State and it's Fred Van Vliet versus Steph Curry, right? Or you're playing OKC and now it's SGA versus Fred Van Vliet. I don't feel great about my odds. And it just seems like they need Jalen to be that guy who steps up. And I just don't think he's ready yet. So now you're going to Shangun and Shangun is ready. And how that kind of unfolds. I love Jabari. I wonder what their trade is. You know, they, they kind of had to get rid of Porter, but they also could have suspended him and just kept it for a possible trade. But it really handicapped them from a from a throwing a contract in and trying to get one more guy. So they're probably a year away, right? I don't. I don't think they're. Yeah, I've I've heard you say on your on the Bill Simmons podcast. It's quite a popular podcast. People may have heard Thank of you. it. Uh, we're on it currently. Yeah. Um that um, the team has is now too good for Jalen Green. Like the team is too good to live through Jalen Green's like growing pains as a young guard. And yeah. I understand what you're saying. Like they're a 500 team, and they they play a, a cleaner brand of basketball than he plays. And I just. I kind of don't care. Like I, 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 and Ime's Udoka solution to that has been like, okay, then on those nights you're going bad, you're going to play 20 minutes and that's going to be cool. And I'm yeah. fine with that because he can have seven, four of 16 games in a row. 
He's 21 years old. I am. You've put him into trades. I can't remember where you had him traded. Well, I think I think trade. he has real value. Like no, it, but, I, but I'm, I'm, if I'm Houston, you haven't named a trade on any of your podcasts that I'm doing. If I'm Houston, I'm I'm holding yeah. on to him tighter than maybe you have in some of your fake trades. That's fair. And if you don't think you're going anywhere this year, maybe use the next five six weeks to figure out what do we actually have here. Is this a guy that could? be a real creator in the last five minutes. He's got the perfect coach. I mean, I I'm I love Ime. Um, and I just feel like whatever his potential is, Ime is going to get out of him on both ends, especially. Like, he's not going to let him slack on defense. He's going to hold him accountable. If he's not doing stuff, then, like, he's just, Ime's got it. Um, my next team. Man, oh, I almost want to break your brain, but I'm not going to do it. Um, I actually have Sacramento because they're a West Coast team, which I like. They play a style that I enjoy watching. They're weird for all the reasons we mentioned where there's a couple guys that just aren't doing well for them. And I don't, I don't really know, you know, they like, I kind of like Davion Mitchell. I, I, that's somebody that, um, I would be looking at as, as, you know, the best case scenario, I talked about this last week, the best case scenario is Kobe White for the late-blooming lottery pick. But there are some other guys out there that just might be in the wrong situation. He might be one of them. But so he's he's back in the rotation now. And finally. That, that's been a little bit of like a... Keon Ellis was actually playing okay. Like, is, is yeah, this like a trade, a is this a trade yeah. showcase I, thing going on? I feel like on? it's a showcase. But the big thing with them, Fox has been so good this year. Um you know, he's one of the five guys averaging 30 a game, like a legit 30, not like a 29.6. He's 30 a game. Yep. And he's just, he's the best version of himself at this point. His ability to get to the rim, how he's using some of his lefty backboard shit that he does. And uh, he's really, really good. So it's fun to watch him. I was thinking like with the NBA, you know, you got Luca and you got SGA and you got Halbert and you got Curry just for the guards, if we're doing it old school with the guard spots. But then you also have Fox, you have Maxi averaging 27 a game, you have Ann Edwards, you have Dame Lowered. Like this guard, figuring out six guards in the old school way is going to be impossible. Instead of the electronic ballot that we all get to vote, you know, we get the Ernst & Young electronic yeah. online, online ballot. Are you, Bill Simmons, going to request a paper ballot so that you can write G for guard, G for guard, F for forward, F for forward, C for center, because you are an anti-positionless all NBA, but you're not going to have a choice. You can't, you're not, you're going to have no ability to designate positions on the Ernst and Young ballot. It's going to be positionless. I think you need to make a special request for your own paper ballot that you can write in Sharpie, guard, 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 F U NBA. Here's my ballot. Now, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to still do guard, guard, forward, forward, center. How? I'm just going to do it. I'm going to pick gonna, five guys in my saying, head yeah, and I'm do, just going to do it the way I, I did it. I'm not, I'm not throwing away But you're not going to be able years. to tell the NBA, this is what I've done. Ha ha. I'll tell them on this podcast. Mm. I'm not throwing away 78 years of history just because you got peer pressured by a couple people on Twitter. It's like, like my least favorite thing Adam Silver has done in the last 10 years. Don't get peer pressured. Oh, I'm sorry. Jokic and Embiid play the same position. I'm pretty sure it didn't bother Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain. You know, By the way, some, um, it's not a good enough snapshot of the league if we're, you know, I don't, how would you do it if you had for the NBA, if you could redo the positions, would you go point guard, two wings, two big guys, something like that? 
Yeah, I've liked point guard wing big. Uh, but then you get into like, what is Luca? What is Harden? You know, um, are they point guards because they control the ball? They act like we consider quote point guards, like creators. I I will say um, we're thirty five ish games into the season now. Uh, our buddy Brian Windhorst wrote a piece today about Bam Adebayo, and you know I'm just an unabashed yeah. Bam fan. Um, and he got to sit down with Bam, and Bam talked about how much he wants to make All NBA, and he thought he was on track for it last season. And I looked it up. Bam has missed 10 games already this season. Like, we're, we're about a month away from the game clock counting thing on 65 yeah. games to, to start to become a thing for some of these guys. And it'll be interesting to see, like, if Bam misses five more games here and there, we get to the end of the season. Like, it'll be a talking point. He'll get asked about it. Players in his position will get it. It'll, it just, I, it just, I flagged it today because of Brian's story. That's all. I'm a huge Bam Adebayo fan and have immense amounts of respect for him. Bam, you're not going to make the All-NBA team this year. I'm just going to tell you now. It's not happening. I didn't ask to be a part of this. this that well, kind just, of it's not going to happen. With positionless players, he has no chance. Okay, can I make my next pick? Are you done with your Kings? Yeah, let's go. This episode is supported by State Farm. If you ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened, your first reaction is going to be, man... Why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. So you have OKC, Denver, Phoenix, Milwaukee, Houston. And you're just handing me maybe the greatest show in the NBA right now, which is night after night, Joel Embiid has 35 points in three yep. quarters. It makes it look so easy that it's ridiculous. And when it's not looking so easy, Tyrese Maxey's just zooming up and down the floor. Yep. And it's just... I gave it to you because you're my guest. It's it's an e it's just, boom, clean, done. I have nothing more to say. Other than I, I can... It was interesting to... I will say this as gently as I can. Philly Bulls uh, was the NBA TV game last night, which meant that the Philly was, broadcast was also on NBA TV. And yeah. it was fun to see the announced team, Kate Scott and Al Abdonabi, go into their usual Philly homerism and then remember like, oh, there's other people outside of Philadelphia watching <laughs> right. this broadcast and then self-correct in real time. Um, just Can we just ta turn, tone it down like 10% on the homerism scale? I think the local announcing situation has never been worse. I don't know what's happened. And you mentioned how good Eddie and the Phoenix guys are. Um, to me, it's like an anomaly now when I hear a good local broadcast. It's just I'm not, not going to go that far. I just don't like I'm, the ones I'm where going it's just that like far. we exist Let's do in better, this, everybody. We exist in like a Truman Show world where, you know, 
it's it's all one i don't know don't just give just give me you can be funny and entertaining and not discuss the game through blue colored glasses or whatever anyway that's all last night they were very aware of it that's also follow the rest of the league yeah that's not that big of an i heard somebody on a game recently in the last week wonder if Wembenyama was going to make the uh make the all-star team well but could that be cast as like a fan vote thing like were they curious that's about, his like, only the, chance because he's the, yeah. not even one of the six best centers in the west so i'm gonna say he's not gonna make it one last thing on philly and beat and maxi together are averaging 60.7 points per game as far as i can tell nobody has cracked 60 since Will Chamberlain was in his heyday of scoring lots of points and him and Paul Arison had 72.3 in like 1962. Wilton, Wilton picked one of four different Paul teammates. But we had 60. Yeah, like Shaq and Kobe, like we had Duran and Westbrook. We had, there was a Curry Steph here and people always kind of settle in the 55 to 57 range. For two guys to average 60 points a game, it just makes me think like, wait, this is kind of what happened to baseball when the, Home run stats got so crazy you couldn't even compare them to old seasons anymore. And I'm and by, starting to wonder if that's happening with basketball. And by the way, Embiid, um, they were up by a million against the Bulls at the end of the third quarter. And so it was possible that Embiid would not return to the game. And he was chasing the 30.10 rebound streak hard at the end. Of, he had right. 28, he had like 26, 28, and he got fouled with 1.3 seconds left shooting foul with 29 points. And it was clear like, no one else was touching the ball. He was going to try to get fouled or score. It's just a fun because I think it's up to 15 in a row or something, 30 and 10 games. So I'll take Philly. Lots of free throws, but I'll take Philly. Are you aware of the LeBron 10 points a game streak? Uh, yeah, it's it. Didn't it get was it, it was in the thousands, wasn't it? Yeah. Somebody told me that. To to watch any Laker game where. Even if the Lakers are down 30, LeBron's going to still get to 10 points. It's at, I guess, from it's almost 1,200 now of 10 points in a row. Um, And it's over 200 more than Michael Jordan. And nobody else is like within half of it. And I do think it's one of those things, you know, he he finds ways to to uh, to keep invested in the day to day of the season. I do think it's one of those things he cares about. Like no, Halliburton, I, I'm, Halliburton I'm was going for I, that. I didn't even know this was a streak. I was exci- I was like, whoa, this is a thing that exists? 1,200 games in a row of 10 points? That's fucking crazy. Halliburton was going hard after the 20th assist the other night. Like, I, You know Jordan, I love this stuff. I, I, don't, I don't care. All right, let's do, let's do one more each. Okay. I'm going to get... Uh, I think we have to do a team that's under 500 for our last pick. Okay, that's fine. It's a little disappointing on my end, but it's fine. I'm going to take the the Utah Jazz. Ooh, that's a good pick. Frisky. Frisky right now. Only two games out of the play-in tournament. Another Quietly. West Coast team. Um, it's one of those teams where I like like 11 guys on the team. They, they bring in another guy. I'm like, oh, I like that guy. Oh, I like that guy. Hey, that guy. Um, their rookie that they took is really good, and they're starting to have trouble keeping him off the floor. Uh, George, Keontae George. Well, they. I don't. I, I. I wish they would play Taylor Hendricks more. I mean, they don't have space for him. But when he's played, he's been fun too. The other, they, the other rookie. It's a great trade machine team with Clarkson and Olenek. I don't. I personally don't think there's any chance to trade Markkinen. Um, 
And in general, they just seem to be in good games that are fun to watch. There's a, there's, there's just a flow of their game. They're really well coached. And uh, like they play the Celtics on Friday night. That's going to be a really fun game. I'm going to enjoy watching it. So that's my, that's my last pick. They've been playing well. Um, and they, they just have a lot of interesting pieces that some fit together well, some don't. So if I have to pick an under 500 team, you have left me with the following stalwarts of the NBA. Yeah. Atlanta. Okay. Which got 35% more watchable with Jalen, Jalen Johnson's return, but is still not a fun watch. Really tough. I Toronto, don't, DeJounte Murray's, whatever happened to him this season is upsetting. Toronto, a little fresh jolt of something, but eh. Charlotte is dead last on my list currently with LaMelo Ball injured. Um, yeah. And just everyone, like Terry was years with games here and there. Just, someone's always injured. Washington is 29th on my list, so that's a no. Detroit is 28th on my list, so that's yeah. a no. Uh, Brooklyn is 27th on my list. You I can't find take them, them strangely yeah. boring no. to watch. Um, no. So now worst, I've got cra- the, worst crowd court vibe situation out of the 30 teams. It's just, they're just, it's, it's a not, bummer. There's it's sad not a to watch. Of, no force. There's no force yeah. on that team. I, I guess by default, I have to go Memphis just because Morant is back. And that's oh. both a good team. a comp- It's a competitive team with Morant. Smart's back, Kennard's back. Like I'm starting to see what their team could actually look like. And uh, Morant, Bain, Jackson, like we know that's a good foundation. And Morant is just a highlight machine. So I'll take Memphis. That's that's pretty easy. I can't take it. I, I want to take this is why um when I did my actual league pass rankings before the season, I think I had San Antonio 14th. And people were like, that's way too low. Wembenyama's must watch TV. I'm like, well, here we are. There, I mean, Wembenyama's must watch TV. They're five and twenty-eight. Like it's not that fun to watch. A five and twenty-eight. I have a secret for you. Team. They were thirty for me. Whoa, that's I've had it. I've had it with them. Thirtieth? You can't yeah, have Wemby thirtieth. It's not a Wemby thing. I it, it actually the fact that they have Wemby is one of the reasons they're thirtieth for me. It's such a disgrace the team they've put around him and how they play and just that they thought this was a good idea for him to spend his first season on this crap team that has no point guard, no real, I don't even know what their offense is. They get killed every game and it makes me mad because I think Wemby's good. Like this is, this is is not how you build. No, I think he's good. Yeah. He's a really good player. Who's really interesting. And to just say this guy doesn't need to play with a real point guard is fucking stupid. And I I've gotten to the point. I hated the Sohan thing from the get go. Now I've gotten to the point, like the Celtics killed them. The game was over in five minutes on Sunday. Just makes me mad. It's like this guy shouldn't be on this shitty of a team. They had options. They had cap space over the summer. They blew all of it on second round picks. Great. Um, just that the general demeanor of the team is like they don't care. It's like they should care. We don't know how many. I watched Ralph Sampson came into the league in '83, and it was like, oh, we'll have Ralph Sampson for 20 years. These tall guys, you just never know, you know. And they're just wasting a year of his career. So what's I don't, weird I don't like is it. that Vassell is pretty good. Yeah, and Kel- and Keldon Johnson's pretty good. Who's now he's pretty, coming off would, the bench? Would Keldon Johnson play for any contender more than ten minutes a game? I think two so. guys. Be, now, now he might. Would he he play might for play for the Celtics. Eight. I think he could play for the Celtics. He, for the Celtics, he's fifteen a game, ten to fifteen a game. For he other more teams, than twelve minutes for OKC. I think you could find twelve minutes for him at OKC. Yeah, um, but the rest of the team isn't isn't very good. It's, I I I have to ask you though: Is this all just Residual bitterness 
Bill Simmons that the Lakers don't have to pay Austin Reeves like $30 million a year for uh, well, on average for the next four years. Is this, is that what this is really about? Is it, they does it go back had, to the Lakers? It. They would have paid him 98. Of course I just, they would have. I did a whole thing about the Spurs last week on my pod. The Murray I know, trade I heard was it. great. Murray trade was great. Other than that, the last four years are not defensible. And how they handled last summer was not defensible. What the situation Wemby is in right now from a basketball standpoint is not defensible. And I think Pop, if this were football, like the way we treat football teams and and how on it people are, like even Belichick, people in New England wanted to dump Belichick halfway through the year because they lost that game in Germany. Belichick's won six Super Bowls. Um, I just think it's terrible what, what they've done this season. As I don't someone like who didn't, as someone who doesn't follow football at all, that was a fun sentence for me to journey along with. The Patriots lost the game in Germany. I'm like, what, what happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who they play? The, through the, year. the Berlin Bobcats. What happened? By the way, I screwed up. I'm one team short. Yeah, so, take a team. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass. This, this is like a snake draft. You get two in a row. Well, this is my last pick. I'm gonna pass on Orlando because their point guard situation really frustrates and annoys me. Even though I like watching them. Um, God damn it! Just shoot me in the head with this. Yes. If, if, Kawhi, if Kawhi and Harden and Paul George are all playing well at the same time, gotta take them. If you like basketball, it's hard not to watch, not to enjoy. I, I had them seventh, and I only didn't take them because I wanted to spice it up with the Rockets. I think, look, just as a basketball science experiment, it's fun to yeah. watch, and the science experiment is working. And it's now Kawhi had the hip thing for a few games, which made everyone look great got, like, this week again. The PTSD, yeah, I got Kawhi yeah. stuff. Um, he's been awesome. They're they're just they're good. They're good. They're good, and I'm interested to see how how long the good lasts, how good the good can get. But I I don't. At first, the first five six games where they were zero and five with Harden, I watched every one because I was like, I just got to see how they're going to try to make this work, what the rotations are going to be, what the style of play is going to be, and it was so gross that I felt like oh, I'm going to need to just detox from this. And now I'm all the way back in. Like, I want to I want to watch every game. Obviously, the injuries, three guys I do not trust to be healthy a week from now. But when they're all healthy, it's pretty good. Kawhi this year is 52%, 43% from three, 87%. Like, percentage-wise, his best ever. And I test last month, he's just looked, when he's played, he's looked awesome. He's got the he's re- got a, a little more bounce back to him than he did totally. the first month of the season. And there's a physicality to him that you kind of forgot that he had because it's been so choppy his playing time. But the the thing that's really interesting to me is the usage ratings. What do you think Harden's usage rating is this year? What would 21%, you guess? Twenty one percent. Twenty. It's twenty percent. Paul George is twenty seven. Kawhi's twenty six. The big thing for me was how are these three guys who all succeed the most when they have the ball? How are they going to play together? How is that usage rate going to get split up? Just watching it, will it make sense? And it didn't make sense for three weeks. And now watching it, they've kind of navigated it. And I, this might be my my big win this year was OKC, thinking that they were going to be a top three team. The Me thinking the Clippers were dumb for this hard to trade, I'm not going to give up on that opinion being wrong, but that might be my big loss this year because they've figured these guys are all so smart as basketball players they figured out how to kind of share the pie. And then on top of it, Zubats has been unleashed now as this alley-oop lob guy that um, it's almost like they got a guy and a half in the Harden trade. So Yeah, he, he and Harden have real chemistry. They did not for the first five or six games. 
And I think part of the reason they figured out how to split the pie respectfully is that like Russell Westbrook just doesn't get a lot of pie anymore. He's playing like 15 minutes a game. He barely plays with Harden. Like that was early on. It was like, how are these four guys who all need and, the ball? And, PJ, and how are we going to work PJ Tucker into this? And then they were like, you know what? We're actually not. Go over there, PJ. Um, and they kept Man and Powell in the trade. They still gave up too much, but they did keep those guys. And Powell's been good for them this year. They always have three guys who can create a shot with the ball. That's a pretty good shot. No matter who's playing, who's sitting, whatever. Um, will Kawhi stay healthy? I don't know. I, I think my Clippers kind of shit detector of, did they rope their fans back in? These fans that have just been kicked in the nuts now for, for four decades, they have. And that makes me nervous. Do you get to um, carry your season tickets over to the new arena? What, how does that work? How much do you have I, to? How much does the price go up? Like, what? How does it work for you? I we me and my uh, my season ticket partner Mike Tolan we we locked down um, for the next couple of years. They locked us up, and then they traded for Harden. And I was so mad. I was like, "How do I get out of this?" Because I'm just like, I can't watch this guy. I just can't, I just can't. I can't do it. But now now they're pretty fun to watch. I'm like, all right. New arena, maybe. Maybe this would be better. I mean, the big thing is they get the worst dates. You know, who's going to play on New Year's Day at 7.30? Oh, I guarantee it's going to be the Clippers. Who's going to play the Friday, 12 o'clock, right after Thanksgiving? It's going to be the Clippers. So now they have control over dates that are going to be way more, you know, the traditional Wednesday, Friday, Saturday type of games. Um, but yeah, if you're thinking like this was the biggest gamble of the year, so far, it's it's you got to say it's worked. I mean, they have no future. They're tied into these guys, but do they have a chance to make the Western Finals with the team they have if all of them stay healthy? They do. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of me semi-admitting defeat, but then one of these guys can get hurt tomorrow, and it's like, I told you they were going to get hurt. Not to, not to sidetrack us or whatever, but I do think it's interesting that teams with the following players did not appear in our draft. Yeah. Luka Doncic, mm. LeBron James, Zion Williamson, Anthony Davis. That's I mean Donovan Mitchell, I guess if you want. Um some big some big teams we concluded were not in the 15 or whatever most watchable NBA teams. It's a loaded league. This is where we are. All right. Um anything you want to plug? No. Okay, good. So I'm going to pop on your pod either next week or the week after, and we'll continue this. We'll be a little closer I, to uh, trade deadline stuff and things. When do you, you think our you, next trade's going to be? I don't know. You've, you've had some doozies recently. I mean, you were all over the Barrett, Fran, and Obi. I don't know if quickly was in your construction of it or not, but I, I don't remember. But you were all over that. That's a, that well, was I thought they trade. were going to put. I thought they were going to put in a bunch of picks and the quickly thing. You Toronto know, I, wanted a player. They wanted a, yeah. a player. That's why. That's why they made the trade. I heard your podcast about it. When we did, we did like an instant reaction right after. And I don't think I put enough thought into Barrett, whether he was a positive or a negative because of his contract and how many teams would have wanted it. And I think, I think we all kind of landed there eventually. Like that Detroit pick was a better asset than I think we gave credit for in the moment when we did our podcast. You think like, oh, it's the 31st pick. That's it. I had somebody in the league say to me who heard the podcast we did, like, you guys got that wrong. The Detroit pick is a better asset than RJ Barrett. I'm like, really? I'm like, yeah, RJ Barrett. Well, you, 
for twenty five million a year. Like, hmm. You and I are both a little more positive than the consensus on RJ Barrett, and I'm yes. I'm okay with that. I'm I'm bullish on on RJ. No, I don't know what he's going to be really, but I I like him as a. I think he can be something more than he is now. Or but you I, made the li- key point on your pod, like you've got to be for him to be whatever he, both of us like about him. He's got to be better defensively, and he's just not yet. Yeah, he he should be a good defense player. There's no reason he shouldn't be. The open threes are it's either going to happen or it's not. Like that's going to yeah. unlock. He's never going to be a great offense player, but if he he's just got to shoot better on open threes. And if he does, he's a different player. But we but you, shall see. You saw in that Minnesota game. You know who's really nice to have on on your team if he's playing hard is Ananobi. Like yeah. there's there's five of him in the league. And yeah, I, I was so the Knicks little... got the best player and. They, you could argue Precious for what they needed at the contract he's at might be a better fit for them than R.J. Barrett. I was a little surprised how many uh, Raptors got the best player in the trade takes there were. Like, I like Quickly. He was my choice yeah. for six man of the year. I think he's good. I think he'll be better. He's only, they're almost exactly two years apart. So Ananobi's only two years older than Quickly. And I just think, playoff skill set like what you need to win in the playoffs I, I just I think the Knicks got the best player in the trade and I, I don't I mean we can debate it's, it if you want but that, it's that's not even the, close they also quickly is redundant with what the skills of the best guy they have in their team Ananobi is a guy they didn't have any version of and now if you play Boston in a playoff series guess who's going to be guarding Jason Tatum before it was Jason Hart now, now it's Jason Hart why did I say Josh Jason Hart, Hart? There was a Jason Hart. He was played that, for Syracuse, was that my I first think. old guy moment of the podcast? <laughs> Before it was Josh Hart turning into like an old radio guy. No, but now I mean, they Ralph, have I mean, Ralph Sampson, Ralph Sampson came up at, some, at one point. Yeah, that was pretty good. We got to talk about the 86 Celtics home record too. When when will you officially be focused on the 40 and one? Are you? It sounds like you're there now. I'm there. I'm. I just like it as a piece of trivia. Like I think home record is such a. It's a, it's a cool thing. It's a cool piece of. Trivia. And I remember that last day of the season. I have to. I'm pretty sure I remember this correctly. I no, you're right. It was. They were 39 and one. The 2009 Cavs. And I think they sat a bunch of guys in that game because it didn't mean anything to them seating wise. I this this is my memory of it. And they went 39 and two. And it was a story. Are they going to go for 40 and one or not? And if that were the coach of that team, I'd been like, we're going for 40 and one. We're tying this record and just 40 home wins. That's amazing. If they get to 20, I think it's going to be, if they're 20 and 0, I think it'll be a talking 20 and 0 becomes a thing. So they got Jazz Friday, Timberwolves next week, Ooh. Rockets on Saturday, Emay's return, Spurs, and then our guy, the Joker. Is coming on uh, Friday, January nineteenth. Right, so they got and they could two, be twenty and zero on ESPN for the Joker coming to town. But but um, their next six home games or whatever, two of the five best teams in the NBA, Minnesota and Denver, are involved. So that this will be a good if they get through those two games, then yeah. then we're getting somewhere. Zach Lowe, pleasure as always. Great to see you. Good to see you too. I'll see you soon, Bill. All right, that's it for the podcast. Thanks to Zach Lowe. Thanks to Steve Cerruti and Kyle Creighton as well. I will see you on this feed at some point tomorrow with Million Dollar Picks and some NFL stuff. See you then.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. You can call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. Call 1-888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 